let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. Y'all, welcome back to the Fix official podcast. I am recording in the afternoon, so if you're listening in the afternoon, happy afternoon to you guys. I am currently live in Charlotte, North Carolina with my great friend, pal, and confidant, Mr. Aaron Dodge. If you know this man, he definitely doesn't need an introduction and he finds that very comical, but it is true. <laughs> I think the only great way to introduce you would be really to lead this with like a TikTok video because that's totally your MO. And I'm not even going to try to pretend that I'm a TikTok queen. I'm a connoisseur of Aaron Dodge's TikToks, <laughs> as in I could consume his content, share it with my friends and just get a great laugh out of it. And I have to admit to you, I have never recorded a TikTok. That's okay. I took your spiel pop class on it. So I've got the tools because I learned from the man himself. But my goal, because we're recording this episode, I'm going to make a promise to you that by the end of the week, I'll record my first TikTok. Love it. Do you think that's What fair? are you going to do? I don't know. I, I'm actually a decent dancer. I, I don't really tell people that. Interesting. But I danced for like 15 years. Um, I have some friends who I told that I didn't, I didn't have a TikTok. And one of them, you know the person too. And they were like you're probably low-key a pretty good dancer. So Morgan put me up to that. He said that I should be able to do it. So we'll it. see. I we'll can't see. wait to see. You should, maybe we'll, you should send me some inspo. I will send you all the inspo. Perfect. Because I tag inspo. you in a lot of shit. So I feel like I you kind of need to like bring it back around because you shouldn't, if you can't take it, don't dish it out. I mean, come on. Like and rule the, number one in and life. The, and the funny thing is there will probably be like, five to 20 new dances created by the time that you even do this. Oh, so. probably in like the 30 minutes that we're recording, there'll be a bunch of new dances. So yes. super cool. But you are the guy to keep up on all things TikTok, which is great. So I'm very excited and putting a lot of pressure on you now um, to excited. have you here today. So beyond TikTok, there is a way more that you are capable of, and I don't want to diminish any of that. So real quick, before we get into the nitty gritty of the episode, Tell me who you are, tell me where you're from, whatever thing that you think is interesting and noteworthy to share, and maybe something that, because you do have a pretty large online presence, I would love to hear a little like fun fact or something that people would not know about you simply by checking out your Instagram. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Uh, my name is Aaron Dodge. You can follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Dodge, TikTok, Aaron underscore Dodge. Um, won't regret it. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, this is officially my first uh, podcast with a mask on. So cool. uh, this is interesting. This is 2020. This, How is do what, you feel? this is what we're living in. I feel very uh, claustrophobic, <laughs> if we're being completely honest, because I have the headphones on and the mask. And a hat. But and we're repping Glory Days Apparel. Yes. So shouts to our local yes. businesses. We support them strongly. We sure do. Um, originally from upstate New York, I'm a gluten-free, dairy-free, vegetarian, which is a mouthful especially when I'm on first dates, um, 34. Um, I've worked 10 years in the NBA. I've um, worked for multiple content and marketing firms here in Charlotte. And I just stepped out to uh, to do my own thing for the first time. And Congratulations. I, and I am scared shitless, but I love every freaking day. And I'm really excited to uh, to see 
what where I'm at when I listen to this in a year from now because shit's going to be different. I know it is because um, I'm determined to make that happen. Um, but yeah, I've been in Charlotte for six years. I don't know. You've only been in this dude seems like he's been in Charlotte forever because you're like the fucking mayor and you know so many people. Um, but I love that about you because I'm actually so surprised to hear that because I've been in Charlotte for or I was in Charlotte for about four and a half. Mm-hmm. If you count the year I interned here five. And I don't know. I just always assumed that your reach was pretty large. So you surely had to have been here a long time. Six years is a long time. But I also um, I got here at a cool time. I got here when like we were still figuring stuff out mm-hmm. and and. And we didn't really know kind of what was happening in the ecosystem of, of Charlotte. There was a couple of fitness pop-ups here and there. There was, you know, I was, I was doing it recruiting at the beginning. So I had, I had to go to networking events, which was great because I love people. And so that kind of spring loaded my network. Um, if I don't know if you ever attended them, but I always say that my network is 50% built off of Insta beer up, which is a a fun networking event that, uh, that happened for like four or five years. And so I met a lot of uh, great people there, but it's the city is just, it's the reason why I moved here is, is for the community, for the young professionals, for events going on and outdoor yoga and, and networking events and just fun things going on. Like there's, there's no shortage of things going on. So true. So, so true. I mean, I even think like just having been in Jersey posted up during COVID and still having friends here and my little brother, and him kind of going back and forth between the two states in that time, just like the way COVID was handled, like, and taking like, you know, precautions and all of those things out of it. And there's a lot more layers in politics to this. And that's not the point of what I'm about to say. But I just think the fact that people here were so itchy to get back out and do things and were willing to do whatever it took to make normalcy continue is a testament to exactly what you're saying. So let's get into my very first question that I always ask all of my guests. And just in your introduction alone, I've got so many questions to follow up with so I'm super excited for this episode I think we're both at very similar points in our life and even to say that with like several years age difference too is like a super thing interesting thing to talk about and I can completely relate on so many levels to the risk but the reward of just getting up every day and being like this is really cool that I actually not just have the opportunity to do this but I'm going for it and attacking it um so mad props to you there. I think a lot of people, like we were just talking about someone who won't report a cla- record a podcast that we want to, like a lot of people say they want to do things and then they find that thing that's holding them back. And I don't know about you, but I feel like 2020 just made me realize, screw that noise, go for it. Totally. So um, I'm pumped to get into that a little more. But big question, burning question on my mind. What is your coffee order? And if you would like to, some people get pretty specific with this. So like you might have a go-to that you order out and then a go-to that you do at home. Like if you want to give me some variety sure. or if you're like a tea guy, what, that's totally fine would, too. What would you like first at home or let's do at home at home and tell me if you prefer one over the other. Okay. okay. So, uh, you know, we're recording this in November. So currently I have a pumpkin oat milk latte frothed with uh, my $10 frother from Amazon. Love it. Is it the handheld one? Yep. Those are great. It's amazing. It's a game changer. Um, yeah. With just, just basic local, local uh, Charlotte coffee. Um, so that's my at home. There's, there's uh, two of those a day. And then I start pounding, nice. wa- pounding water. Cause I'm 
wretchedly dehydrated after two of those. <laughs> and then my out outdoor order is um, vanilla oat milk hot latte. Ooh, yes. Um, oat milk is is, is life. Um, and then if um if they have the option, the special option of lavender. Like a lavender vanilla oat latte, yeah. and then they take seventeen dollars from me, and then <laughs> I have to wait for my next paycheck. To get and then it. you have to wait seventeen minutes to get it sometimes. Yeah. Eesh. But I yes. love it. That I'm gonna have to say I've had you're my fourth or fifth episode, and you have by far exceeded expectations on the coffee order. So here's the thing: I I didn't get into coffee truly. I got out of college, and mm-hmm. then like I'm I'm sure I drank some coffee here and sure. there, but like I didn't get really really into coffee. I didn't get appreciative of the latte until in Minnesota there was a Starbucks across the street from where I was working, mm-hmm. and I was just like soy vanilla latte. It was just like. I was like, what is the sugariest, but not like too crazy sugary, but it's got a little bit of froth. And they're like, oh, a latte. And I'm like, well, I'm non-dairy, so it's got to be soy. So soy vanilla latte at Starbucks is how I started. Okay, that was your gateway drug. That was my gateway drug, and it was right across from the arena when I was working for the Timberwolves. And so that's where it started. And uh, now, obviously, I just try to go to all these amazing coffee shops. Which we have so many So many here. here in Charlotte. We're spoiled. Very spoiled. Like, spoiled. I have to say, I started, as I'm sure you've seen, a little, like, Coffee Chronicles effort on my Instagram. And I do it with my friend who lives in Turkey and is also from Jersey, but Turkish people know their coffee quite well. And um, he's somebody who prefers to make his coffee at home because he's very particular about the bean. Really fancy. Yeah. Um, but... He has been to every coffee shop in New Jersey and like honestly every city like I didn't know how much he's traveled So like even in Charlotte, he has a list of favorite spots And so we kind of like compare notes on like which are our favorite ones But I stumped him earlier this week because I went to DC and he was like I gotta be honest It's not where it's at and as we discussed earlier driving in DC is a headache enough alone So I needed a hell of amount of coffee and I couldn't get it so he was like, I got you in Denver, I got you here, I got you there, I got you in Turkey, I got you in whatever, on many continents, but DC was the one that trumped him. So I just found that interesting. But even this guy was like, all I want is like a straight up black drip coffee. My two guests before that, same thing. I am a latte girl through and through, so I so like identify with what you're saying. And I have to ask, since we were on the train of supporting local and you being so involved in the local community here, do you have any like couple favorite coffee shops and whether that's like for the way they make the latte or maybe like just their specific bean and their roasts? I mean, I'm 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 close enough with James and Miracle Yoder at not just coffee, but I would be lying to you if I didn't have some other some other favorites because it's just you know. And JC's when, a great one. When there's when there um, there's so many good ones, it's hard to to pinpoint. Um, you know, but uh, Enderly Coffee is great. Mm-hmm. Also love Queen City Grounds. Queen City Grounds has really good specials. They do so like, like specialty drinks. I like them yeah. up at uh, Sky House, and they have a new location too. So excited! Has that about one opened that. yet? I feel like I saw there was okay. an event coming up soon, nice. and I've seen some stuff in the windows. So That'll be yes, a great spot. I think, for them. It's, I think uh, it's a good location. I think it's coming uh, coming soon. So those are those are a few of my favorites. But um, awesome. Uh, what was the trade and lore was great when they were over in Plaza Midwood. They're all, oh, I think yeah. they I think they're only in Asheville now, but they were great. I forgot uh, about those guys. Yeah. 
Nice. So yeah, we can't go wrong here. Like you can't, and then you can get counterculture coffee anywhere, pretty much. Yep. So for those of you who are listening and don't really live in the North Carolina area, you might not be familiar with them, but they're a really excellent roaster, and you can get them in other states because they're a roaster. But uh, Sunflower carries their coffee, and I'm more of like. Even though I love my lattes, I only like you just like it like the slightest bit sweet. So I'll go for a vanilla, but I'm more into like just even like an almond latte. Not just coffees is done so well that I don't need to add anything to it. I'm not like a sugar or sweetener person in the first place. Yeah. But um, they're doing food now in Atherton Mail. I know. Yeah. And I, it seemed like they updated their menu a little bit um, at Park Road, too. Probably. Yeah, because I was there yesterday, and this person had this delicious-looking, like, little biscuit. It was, like, a tiny little egg, and I was like, oh, I need that. Their chocolate chip cookies are bomb. So, fun facts all about NJC. If you're in the area, definitely go check them out. They're my go-to spot. But anyway, we could talk about coffee for, like, sure. 17 minutes. Let's move on. Um, I want to go back to kind of – I'm very much, like, a chronological order type person. But sure. if you'd like to jump around, the floor is yours. That is why you're on this podcast today. Um. Let's start first with the NBA. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people know that about you, um, that that's really where like a lot of your career started, because when I think of you, I think of you as like a true media person, especially in the sense of like you could be in any industry. And if it's media related or like some sort of personality sort of deal, you can make that work. And I think just being in Charlotte in particular, like I actually think of you and I think of like the checkers um, before I necessarily think of the Hornets per se. So tell me a little bit more about that. How did you get into the NBA? Why the NBA in particular? Like break that down. Big question. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So we're going all the way back Heavy to hitter. September 2008, which dates me. Yes, I already said I'm 34 on this podcast. <laughs> there so we go. That's okay. Um, Age is just enough. So I, I hit the job market when it was 2008 and their session was starting. Fun times. And I was, yeah, I feel like a lot of the uh, graduates from May 2020 understand what we went through in 08 coming out of college with, For sure. with uh, the world that we live in right now. So. Um, just wanted to set myself apart. I'm, is you know me and anybody that knows me personally, or if you do venture over to my social media, you'll see I'm I'm a seven. I'm an enthusiast. I'm I'm just I'm built different, and it bothers me that my I was going to work my ass off to be what I wanted to be, and a piece of paper or resume was going to decide that. So I ended up um, deciding to make a DVD on why the New Orleans Hornets should hire me. And a I filmed DVD. and I okay. filmed, filmed it on my crappy. What did you uh, major in in college? By marketing. The way? Okay. Um, I was, I was the gazillionth kid that w- played sports in high school and said, I want to work in sports. That was me, <laughs> which I, la- when I was a hiring manager later, I laughed at them saying like, I, I played hockey my whole life. I just want to work in sports. I'm just like, you need a better answer than that. So um, true. But um, so I made a DVD on why they should hire me. That's and they awesome. called me back a week later and I moved my What whole... were the contents of this DVD oh, at a high level? Like if you played it today, would you be super embarrassed? Or super are you, like, embarrassed <laughs> and proud at the same time. That all, you had the balls to do that. All mixed into one. Yes. It has uh, it has Dick Vitale at the beginning that I like That's ripped amazing. from SportsCenter. And it's like, oh, America, are you serious? It's showtime. And like then I, then I come on here with like buzzed hair, like coastal carolina polo like hi my name is aaron dodge and i'm graduating with a 3.5 gpa from coastal carolina university with a degree in marketing and i want to work for the new orleans hornets you sounded like i'm picturing l woods future lawyer class of 2004 love it and i just i 
Oh God, it was so bad. I went around a different part. I mean, it was, it was, it was starting off my career of enjoying video production. If you really want like sugarcoat it that way. Cause I went to different locations. I was like on a bridge with a water fountain behind me and like <laughs> in the, in the gym where our, our basketball team played like shooting jumpers and like why, why me shooting a jumper was you were getting get, that B roll baby. That B roll was crushing. So, um, yeah, so then I went down to New Orleans, and I'll speed it up now that I've talked for 10 minutes on my DVD. Um, just now down, you're really dating went, yourself. Went, yeah, went down, to, went down to New Orleans, worked my butt off, and got into from a part-time intern to a full-time intern. Then that was coming to an end and made my way up to Minnesota, where I was a coordinator and a manager for the, both the Timberwolves and the Lynx, the WNBA team. Uh, the WNBA team actually was fantastically good and won two championships while That's I was so there. Cool. That was a lot of fun. Um, amazing to work with those women up there, uh, drastically underappreciated athletes, uh, in our country. And it kills me. Um, and then, I uh, wanted to move back to be closer to family. So I, w- I moved back to Myrtle beach where I went to college, uh, and then dress and then figured out very quickly that, Myrtle Beach was not for me anymore, and I needed to get back to a medium-sized business or medium-sized city that was like Minneapolis and like New Orleans, but not Myrtle Beach. And my parents live in Columbia, so Charlotte. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea that you lived in Minnesota. Um, were you intrigued by the fact that Charlotte was much warmer? If I had to guess. Well, and the funny thing was, I went from from uh, graduating high school in Syracuse down to Myrtle Beach over to New Orleans. So I went four years in the heat and two years in the more heat and humidity in New Orleans. And I just never thought I would go back North, but right. Especially from Syracuse, like for those of you who are listening to this and aren't from areas where we happen to be. And I, I'm not even going to put myself in the category of Syracuse, Rochester, none of those players, because I don't know winter, like y'all know winter 200 Um, inches of snow. Yes. Like it's pretty crazy. Um, do you remember this was just a couple of years ago, maybe two or three, when there was so much snow in Boston that they had to put it in the harbor and hope it would melt because they didn't know where else to put it? Oh, I don't remember yes. that. No, that so sounds hilarious. Was, I'm pretty sure it might have been my senior year of college, which is already almost five years ago. Um, but I, yeah, I think it was, or it was like my first year out of college, but I want to say it was that because I remember the first year I moved here and I went to school in Virginia, which is technically below the Mason Dixon, but I was in the Blue Ridge mountains. So it got cold, like bitterly cold. Mm -hmm. So it was still very similar to Jersey where I grew up and, um, moving to Charlotte, I was told multiple times, like I got pretty lucky. And that first summer or that first winter was very mild. Like I remember working at Bank of America, lived in South End at 335 apartments and I would walk to the light rail every day. And it wasn't until like mid November that I actually needed like a legit jacket. And I was like, this is awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm not even going to like fuck with the kind of winter you're talking about. So you were probably pretty prepared for Minneapolis. Well, I was everybody that everybody that knew that I was inter- interviewing in Minnesota was like, uh-huh. can you handle the cold? And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. from Syracuse. Syracuse. They're like, you should go because it's a great city. A lot of people think the Midwest stops at Chicago. It doesn't. Minneapolis is an up and coming. I mean, up. hello, Target headquarters. Like 
in my mind, that puts it up a little bit higher because who doesn't love Target? But my aunt actually um, has done a lot of work for Target and designing some of their lines that are no longer around, like Mossimo, if you remember that one. It was a big hitter for a long time. Yeah. Um, And she specializes in, like, buying really high-end samples and knocking them off into cheaper goods that would be sold at that level. So, like, the newer brands, like A New Day or even somebody like Danielle Bernstein with her line, like, that's kind of her MO as well. Cool. Um, so I've always heard lots of stories from her about going to Minneapolis and being there with the target buyers. I've never been myself, but it's definitely somewhere that's on my list. I've actually never been to Chicago either. Oh. So I'm like listing all these places that I really want to go. The Midwest has just like, I've skipped over it. Like I've been to California a couple times. I was supposed to go to Arizona for a bachelorette party that didn't happen, of course. Um, so and I'd been to Arizona once for a swimming training trip, but it was really cool. So I have to say like I, when we can actually travel more places again, I, I definitely have to go there so yeah that's awesome okay so let's transition a little bit so you have your background in the nba i did throw in there that for those of you who are like what the hell is the checkers and why i said that i yeah. should give it a little context um were you technically like what what was your title there like the mc or yeah. what would you call it mc entering okay. a host yeah they're, okay. they're, they're the same thing so the charlotte checkers are the hockey team is the hockey team that's here in charlotte and how long did you have that role with them uh two seasons okay and what was that like? Like how you, I mean, it fits your personality perfectly. Like, tell me about like how that opportunity landed in your lap. Was it something you sought oh, out gosh. or did they approach you? I love when you ask me these kind of questions when they have really good stories behind them. Yes. So, um, cause I, I've told my, I've told my story a lot. I'm now 34 and, and people are like, will you, will you tell me about like things that happened in your life? I'm like, sure. Like sure. I made a DVD and that's how I got hired. And then yeah. I said yes to a random opportunity and that's how I got in the checker. So it's And a, I love it's a that cool you story. brought that up because you, you touched on it a minute ago when you said that you were laughing as a hiring manager, when people say like, Oh, I just, I was a high school athlete or a college athlete. So I want to work in sports. If you can try to weave like a slight response, or maybe you can make it as like the follow up to the question. Um, there are people who will listen to this podcast who are at that like cusp of like I'm a senior in high school or a senior in college or they're like trying to pivot careers that was something that I did so I get this question often um and even face like a pretty large set of circumstances that led to a ton of adversity in quitting a job and then having a super hard time going back into finance and I truly believe like it was just not my calling so there was something preventing me from making that switch back and I was already in the place that I was supposed to be but with the world we live in today, so many people have had to pivot. I hate that word, but it is mm. like the word of 2020. Sure is. So talk to me about like, t- first tell me about your experience with the checkers and the fact that it was you saying yes to a random opportunity, but then tell me like how, if I was literally going to sit down and interview you, like let's say since you made the decision to recently leave your job, right? Um, you Let's say you were going to go work for someone else, which I think you're not suited to work for someone else so I'm really happy for you again but if you were how would you kind of craft your message and how would you think about your story so that if someone listening is at that stage in their life like what kind of things can they be thinking about sure um so the opportunity with the checkers so I got a I get a dm on my instagram from a production company out of London that's Uh-oh. like hey we want to tell a story about Charlotte for their youtube page that's uh it's called one day two ways so an uh, individual does the adventure part of the city and an individual does the leisure part of the city. And so my friend Jessica, who was a honeybee, they, she got asked to be the leisure part and I got asked to be the activity part. 
And so they're like, we're going to go to Whitewater Center. We're going to go to the Checkers. We're going to go to uh, NASCAR Speedway. We're going to go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We're going to go to a couple. That sounds like a fun ass day. It was a fun ass day. The highlights of Charlotte in like 17 seconds. Yes, but in 17 hours. (laughs) Um, So I asked what their budget was and she said $100. And I said, oh, geez. Uh, that's, that's not what I was hoping to hear. Um, still flattered. You asked me, um, but I had to really sit back and think about what this opportunity could mean. Sure. And tell people like, just real quick for context, like the Whitewater Center is 25 minutes away. Like describe the kind of effort that that would take to kind of put that whole thing together. Yeah. Well, actually they, they brought me into their Airbnb on Friday for voiceovers. And then I met them at 8 a.m., on Saturday and we went from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Oh, I believe it. That, and that was probably jam-packed. Yes. We like we drove uh, to the Whitewater Center. We did all, we interviewed the Whitewater Center guy. We went up. We did the zip line. We did all these different kind of things. And we drove over to um, the Checkers Arena. And then we drove to the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And then we went to the Speedway. Then we went to... Wow. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. $100 is not what I would charge for something like that. No. Um, so I had to make a decision. Is okay. this, is this opportunity to be represented by this great production company in London to be represented by American airlines that I can use from now on, um, to get to do some pretty cool stuff that mm-hmm. costs money. So there's mm-hmm. value in the events I was, do- or the things I was doing that day. And then the, the shareability of the content going forward. And the there. people you were getting to meet, to interview, if you didn't know them. Correct. Uh, and that would be the COO of the Charlotte Checkers, uh, Tara Black. And she was, she's so sweet. She's uh, an amazing executive uh, uh, for the Charlotte Checkers. And she said, you did a really good job interviewing me. Like, would you ever be interested in emceeing? And I said, I would love that. I've been working with the Hornets for the past, or I've been working in the NBA for the past Mm -hmm. 10 years behind the camera, telling the MCs what to do. I know how to handle myself on the mic. I've never done it in an arena before, but I would be happy to try it. So that was November, December, like 15th. I get a call from her and says, Hey, our MC's sister just went into labor in Raleigh oh and she's on the way to, you know, see her niece be born. And so we don't have an MC tonight. Would you like to try to MC? And I was like, hundred percent. It was a one Thursday in my entire life that I was actually available. <laughs> and so you are a busy man. So I am laughing because I believe that 120%. And so I'm literally like, I'm on a work shoot while the videographers are doing their job, but I'm also in the, in the corner with my scribbling out what, the, what to say on the script. Cause the, the director is telling me, uh, the kind of promotions that are going on that day okay. showed up, went very well. Fast forward two months and uh, the arena host's husband is a major league baseball player. And so they moved to California to support wow. his baseball career. And they're like, do you want to take over for the rest of the year? And I said, a hundred percent. And That's so, amazing. and then we went on to win the equivalent of the Stanley, Stanley cup. Yes, the like, talk cup. about like a perfect storm because right? my little brother played hockey for a very long time. Um, and he's actually tried to get back into a league here. And, um, I remember telling him about you because all of that lined up and then the checkers had this amazing season. Yeah, it was awesome. 
That's so cool. playing hockey in the middle of June. It was 85 degrees. I was like at the at my friend's pool until like two o'clock, and then I had to go into the game. Working and I like tan. working out the tan and 85 degrees, and then walking in in pants. And like as soon as I got in the door, I would put on my hoodie. I'm like, this is the weirdest. <laughs> this is the weirdest thing ever. But that's pretty funny. So follow up question to that yep. um, is. How do you package all that? Because you've obviously had a lot of experiences. Sure. So if I were to just like put you in the hot seat and say, all right, Aaron, um, tell me who the fuck you are in 30 seconds. Like, first of all, that is an elevator pitch. Sure. So how do you be selective as to someone who has quite the resume? You know what? I just, I mean, obviously you're going to want to tailor what you're telling people to the job that they're, that they're looking for. So mm-hmm. then the other thing that I was, when you asked me the question five minutes ago, is just to be your authentic self. I mean, that's the, my, when I leaned into my authenticity of just being a loud, positive dance and fool, like everything in my world, connections, doors started opening. People started wanting to work with me. People like my energy was infectious. So people just wanted to be around that. And as soon as you're authentic self, you're going to be your truest self. And if you try to, if you try to hide behind, well, I think this hiring manager would want to hear this, or I think that they would want to see this, or I think that they would want, it's just like, no, be yourself. Obviously you have to say and answer questions that are related to the job that you're going to do. Of course. But yeah, I mean, authenticity is literally what is just the easiest way around that answers. Cause that's, that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to make you the most desirable to be hired. And I think too, it's really easy to cut through the bullshit, right? Like we had a conversation earlier today about social media and the social media influencers out there who have supposedly, I don't even know if this is the right word, but like gotten caught. Um, I mean, I think some of them aren't even like shy about it. Cause they were just like, well, I needed content. So yeah. here you go. Yeah. Um, faking things. And then to totally steal this from Joe, which I think was by way of Elon Musk, right? Where this quote came from, but it's just like this idea that, um, instead of us like making it see, it's all about making it seem like and making the appearance that we're fucking crushing it. It doesn't matter if you are, it's just pretend that you are. And you keep saying that enough over and over again, people are going to think it. And, and that is because of Instagram, right? It's filtered content you get to choose what you what you want to do and like people ask me this all the time and I think it's also a generational thing like my mom is like why are you putting that on your Instagram and I'm like because I want people to know that I am a real person and especially being in the fitness industry and you can relate to this too like you did a really cool I can't remember if it was a TikTok or a reel but the one where you did your health transformation was that a reel or a TikTok not that it matters oh yeah 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 Yeah, the TikTok yeah yeah like I. it was a glow up it was a thirst trap but still let's be honest but it was great because you you have had a very specific journey, not with just like your fitness ability in terms of the so many different classes that you take, but also just like building up your strength, but then your eating habits too. Sure. And like you said earlier, you were like, it's quite a mouthful on a date to tell someone <laughs> my insensitivities. But um, I, I think that that is like a really great thing to show because I could go look at your Instagram and I could say to myself like, wow, this guy's like this amazing dancer. Like, is he really on it? all the time and I don't know if you remember the first time we ever met in person because we were totally like previously Instagram friends turned in real life sure um, we were at um, I think it was a Charlotte agenda party right yeah it yeah. was their city notes party yes, city notes party um, and that was maybe t- three years ago yeah three years ago and um, you came right up to me and you were just like oh my god we finally get to meet in person and I'm like I don't know you uh, <laughs> and it was great it was yeah. awesome so piggybacking off of your two experiences way more than two but very large experiences on your resume um 
I know you've mentioned that you've worked for other production companies and that sort of thing. If you want to weave in there, maybe a response that answers this question, um, although it could come from your experience with the NBA teams and the checkers, et cetera. Um, what's the coolest project you've ever worked on? Mm. Like, do you have a top three, top five, or like a clear number one? Well, I've, I've had uh, the opportunity to travel to um, China with the Hornets. Cool. I've been to China, for a, too. For a preseason game. Where? At, um, Shenzhen and Shanghai. I've been to Shanghai. I studied abroad there. Um, and then two, uh, two opportunities to go to South Africa with wow. the NBA as well, too. Wow. And then also I worked, I've worked for, uh, for NBA all-star weekends too. So, oh, you did? so working with a lot of, um, a lot of the different players and celebrities and stuff like that. So that was obviously a, a very taxing, but very rewarding, uh, opportunity I to say imagine. that I was producing things that, you know, the, the, uh, celebrity game and, and all-star Saturday night that a lot of eyes were on. It was really cool that I was behind the scenes for that. So. So because you were behind the scenes, did you get any interaction with certain players or was it just so much behind the camera that you weren't that close to them? Oh, no. I mean, I'm not I wasn't doing anything too crazy. I mean, okay. when the when the they would oh, they always do an open practice mm -hmm. where the where like the West team and the East team would come practice at like a Bojangles Coliseum, yeah, yeah, yeah. smaller. It's okay. a free event. So mm -hmm. anybody could come and nice. there's like 5000 to 10,000 fans there. And then we they practice and the the head coach is like mic'd up so that the the uh, everybody in the arena can hear what they're doing and then you know I'm saying to like LeBron and Chris Paul like hey we're going to do a half court shooting contest or hey you have to tell like these two rookies that they got to do a mm -hmm. dance off at center okay. court like that so that's the kind of interaction that cool. I was doing with the players telling them what to do coach Aaron on the sidelines oh gosh <laughs> they don't they don't want to listen to me Ugh. some some of them are yeah, what, amazing, and some of them are just like. Were any of them just like, please don't bother me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, you either you you would go to one player that you wanted, and if they were, if they didn't give you the answer you wanted, you'd go to somebody next. who you knew would. So that brings up an excellent question. Forget about the NBA. Forget about celebrities. Forget about social media influencers. Tell me how dealing with those types of personalities, because you don't have to be fucking famous to be a dick. Yeah. Um. How has having those interactions in a very public setting helped you in the rest of your career, especially being an influencer yourself? And like we've talked about on many other occasions, I find, and I don't know where you stand on this statement, so I don't want to speak for you, but in the fitness industry in particular, I think people are so protective of their people, their clients, their ideas, that it brings a lot of emotion into it more so than another industry. Because let's be honest, like, does anybody really get that jazzed about spreadsheets? Uh, yeah. Yes, we live in, in Charlotte, the Bank of America, we're at the epicenter of all that, but yeah. like the most emotional people have gotten here is because Wells Fargo like scammed a million accounts and that deserves emotion. So tell me how you feel like those differing personalities, but also those kind of let's call it the word arrogant personalities to help you interact in different settings with different types of people, especially as someone who's so outgoing. Like I I'm not afraid to say this, like I'm off putting to a lot of people and mm. I, I just don't care, but some people are really sensitive to that. Yeah. So the, those kind of situations, uh, benefited me because number one I had to it was um had to make quick decisions mm -hmm. so if we were getting all the players lined up for an all-star event and they weren't getting in line before like TNT went live like I could get fired yeah so it was a, a lot on the line it was a very high 
high strung, high uh, execution situation. So I had to think on my feet. I had to communicate with my bosses and, you know, like, hey, I just need 25 more seconds. We're almost in line. Like, just stall for me, just stall for me. So, you know, like I said earlier, if I wasn't getting what I needed out of a player, I would go to another player. And so that was, but were but, you afraid to do that in the beginning when you were just kind of, yeah, like learning I mean, the ropes? I mean, they're, they're humans just like us, Yeah, but you know, if, you know, if a player does not want to listen to a, an employee with a headset, he does not have to listen to a employee with a headset. So, uh, I just always wished and hoped that there was somebody that was, there was sometimes where, a player would watch me get reamed out by another player and he would like come put his arm around me and be like, dude, you're doing a great job, man. Appreciate you. I'm like, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate that. That's right. Cut me a check. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that's definitely taught me uh, a way to, um, to definitely uh, understand quick thinking and all those kind of things and also authenticity from, from them as well. Yeah. Cause you don't want them to like force if they're not comfortable doing that. Like, that brings up a great point. It's almost not even worth it to try to convince them just because they are at the well, level they, of fame. They were, they were also telling me no because they just didn't want to do it. It's not that sure. they couldn't do it. Yeah. No, um, but like maybe just not feel comfortable. I mean, like yeah. if they're just like, I'm not that goofy guy and you want me to do this dance off, like I'm in the zone, like getting ready for the game, whatever. Yeah. 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 Chances no, are you get bad quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kind of sort of try to answer your second part, what yes. I, but in a, in a different way. Okay. So what, working with celebrities has like taught me or it's not really like taught me. It's just the kind of, it's just the way that I am. Mm -hmm. And I, and I get, I hate the, I, I, I live and I work in the influencer world. I hate the word influencer because it's just like, it makes, it gives, puts a crick in my neck. Um, being called that. And I would totally agree. Tell me why. Because I think that the word influencer means that someone is doing, Someone is doing not a lot of work for a large amount of return. And it's very transactional. And it's very transactional. And I think that I can, I don't ever can, I don't shy away. I'm actually very happy for whoever made these categories up a couple of years ago of like, if you have under 5,000 followers, you're a nano influencer. If you have 5,000 to 20,000, you're a micro influencer. If you have 20 to a half a million, you're blah, blah, blah. I have no problem, especially when coming up to a brand and saying, I'm a micro influencer. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, 6,000 followers on yeah, Instagram. It's part of 10, your identity. Yeah, it's a part yeah. of my identity. But what I was getting at from talking about this topic is like, if somebody recognizes me from something funny I did, or they are like, oh, my friend of a friend follows you in that video you posted last week, like, yeah. it's just like, that's really cool. And that's, they're the reason why I'm doing this. So I always try to be, the most authentic and be just like so incredibly thankful for that they enjoyed my content because that's who I'm I'm putting it out there for you're not putting in anything on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok for yourself mm-hmm. let's like like no like I'm gonna ask you this question um because I'm curious what you do based on I know what I do obviously but uh do you frequently re like once you're done editing and I know you could spend a lot of time like if you guys want to go watch a video of Aaron's that he's done recently on TikTok, that definitely took a lot of work. It was pretty like detailed and into the minutia, the Tommy John ad that you did. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that the recording process wasn't crazy. It was probably painstaking and like trying to be in similar positions, but thanks to reels and TikTok, like you can edit that. I imagine the editing process was not short. No. Um, so 
like that's that would be one example of like clearly this was like a product you were producing for this brand but if on the total flip side you go and watch the videos like one of my favorite ones for anybody listening in charlotte the one with the bars yeah that was like the first name of every bar i mean when you said sycamore and you called it sycomo i that's what gen z hey that's what gen z calls it and what else was thrown in there? Oh, the debate over Seoul because there are two. There's Seoul Food and then, yeah, there's Seoul Gastro Lounge. Um, yeah, I, I was loving that. And then the bloopers on top of it yes. when you fell and you hit the corner of the table. That was amazing. Ugh, everyone needs to go watch because you're just not going to appreciate why I'm like on the verge of crying laughing. But yeah, I, I think like you're you're totally doing a great job of that. So don't doubt it for a second. But once you're done editing that stuff and you post it, do you watch it again? And how often? Do I watch it again? Yes. Oh, I'm watching it the entire day because mm-hmm. I'm I'm like I'm in. Inter- I like to, you know. I like to uh, make sure that I'm being engaged with yes. with uh, my followers. So, I mean, I just want to see. I'm asking because I do the same, and I think the point is that that shows that you actually care with what you're producing. Oh yeah. It's not like you're just putting this out and being like, click, got a paycheck, cool. Yeah. No. No. I always. I put my content out there because I know that either one or a hundred people are going to think it's freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. And even if it's only one, it still makes you feel good. Correct. If it, uh, That's, that's my goal every day. If somebody, if somebody tells me that I made their day, then my day, my day is made. And it's just a, it's just a, you know, a circle of, of smiles. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I love, I love interacting with people. I love people when I do different types of, you know, what kind of person are you? And they comment like, Oh, I'm totally would be this way or I would be Mm -hmm. that way. Or I do this all the time. I I think the biggest reason why the biggest reason why that went so like Charlotte viral is because it's so true. And everybody was like, yo, it's like the whole, like we were all thinking it. You just said it. That is exactly why I, do my content. I think that's what, what, what's making Trey Kennedy and Trevor Wallace and all these other, um, larger influencers that I kind of position my content as like, is they're, mm-hmm. they're saying what we're thinking. They know when they say, you know, girls in the winter be like, and yes. they do all these different kind of things. That's they're, they're hitting on every single emotion totally. that we already have. And that's exactly like, I go out and I enjoy like interacting with people because I love humans. I love the, if I could like study anything more again, it would be like human interaction Mm -hmm. because I think that the way that you interact with your friends on your phone, with your family, with your um, coworkers, like there's, I just tell, I just love the way that that's kind of like intertwined. And so I like going out with all my friends because it, allows me to see like social situations Mm -hmm. like it allows me to see like oh you're interact like what how old are you oh you're 25 like why are you texting your best friend on snapchat why don't you just text your friend she's like oh i just take a picture of like half of my forehead and like and put text over top of it and send it to my friend on snapchat i'm like that's so like mind-boggling mind-boggling but that's just the way that people are operating these days and i think i you bring up another great point um I think that if you looked at your Instagram and I'm bringing this up because it's something I'm bad at and I think it's something that I admire about you. Um, Anytime I've gone out and been around you and like especially in passing so it might only be for like a couple of minutes for as present as you are on all the social channels you're really good about being out even if it's for something where you might be say going to Sycamore to record for like whatever they're launching next 
I don't see you on your cell phone a lot. So like you're definitely someone who is really engaged in the present moment. And I think that's so admirable because it's something that I have a hard time with. And it probably speaks to one generation, like with the differences in our age and two, just the fact that like you have been doing this a little bit longer and I think you've done a really great job. And I'm curious if that's been like a conscious effort, if you had to go through a period where you had to learn that, because like even right now, like we've been recording for the last 48 minutes and I'm thinking to myself, I need to grab my cell phone because I've, like, I've wondered where my yeah, cell phone has been this whole time. Sure. It's recording video. Of right. Me right. I now, forgot. So. I forgot. Yeah. And so like, how do you deal with that? Because for me, and I, I want to like segue this into this direction because the last thing I want to hit on is like where you're going today and a little bit with like relationships and both professional, personal, romantic friendships. Um, I have been in situations with significant others where they're like so fucking pissed when we're at dinner and I'm like sorry phone eats first I have to record my food my question is how have you learned or is it innate that you're able to separate be recognized as someone who like I don't think of you and think like oh Aaron's always attached to his phone I know that there's people who think of that of me so much so that I make fun of myself for it like I post pictures like I had my photographer do a shoot with photos included where I'm like this for those of you who are not watching the video of this I have my hand up pretending to hold my cell phone because I'm on my stories yeah um, so I appreciate you saying that You're and welcome. like, and, and, and noticing my intentionality. Um, I will note it. I will say that since I left my full-time job to be a social media consultant Has for it gotten it's gotten harder and worse. Amen. Um, so the one thing the my best and favorite tool now is my screen time on the fact that you can slide right over from the left and it's there for you on the new, um, update. iOS update is amazing because I'm the worst um, you know, obviously I need to be locked in during the day and obviously right. as having TikTok clients, I have to get on TikTok and mm-hmm. see what trends are happening over there and do all those kind of things. So I knew that I was going to be on social media a lot. I did not realize how much it was going to yeah. hinder me this early. I've done, it's been two months in my business and mm-hmm. I need to be more intentional about it. Um, some other things that I've put into practice is um, no, like no phone right when you wake up. Um, and then besides, I, I tried, I tried to shower I without, appreciate that you said you tried, <laughs> I tried to shower without music for like three days. Like I was like, don't touch your phone until you're done showering and, uh, like getting dressed and making breakfast and, and, uh, food and 30 minute book read. I tried okay. to, do, I tried to Love do it without my phone. I try. I, I failed when I realized it was a very quiet and I, I need music or the Dave Ramsey podcast while I'm in the shower. So I touch my phone to put the music on, but then I try, I try not to have it before I read, um, read in the morning, which is a challenge because I know my Instagram following and I need to post before 8am and to get traction. not to mention not even like that component of like the analytics, But because that's a part of your daily routine and it's something that we try to encourage others to do, sometimes I want to document me doing that. Like I do a five minute journal every day and I also record it or like I want to document like I am trying to do a better job of focusing on self-care. So I'll like document myself setting up a bath. And then it's like, well, are you like my nutrition coach says to me all the time. He was like, are you defeating the purpose of that? Because like now you're letting me know that you're doing that. Like, can't you just put your phone down for like five minutes? Yeah. So what do you think about that? It's a challenge. I think everybody's different. I think, you know, if somebody said to me, 
before I left my full-time job, you need to take some real time to separate yourself from social media. Now that you're running a social media business, I would have laughed at them because I'm like, I'm on my phone a lot, like thinking about my full-time job, but I really was not on it as much as I, as I have been. So I don't even want to tell you what my screen time hours are because they've gotten, so they've gotten higher as I, myself, we have like a similar timeline with transitioning to being like true full-time entrepreneurs and they've gotten higher but my scroll, my thumb scroll has dropped times like a hundred. That's good. Which is good. Yeah. But then it's like, does it get to a point where you're just like overloading with the content? And for me, my issue is I have a lot of DMs and I make it a point to answer all of them. And yeah. I'm totally, this is the generational piece speaking of being a millennial. I need to answer right away. Did I? I have to. Yeah. Can't I can't break the cycle. And I justified in my head of, well, my nutrition clients, for example, like two of them just texted me while we were sitting here. And if they're going out to dinner at five o'clock, like, could I sit here and be like, hey, you should have texted me at 8 a.m. because we set the precedent that you're supposed to plan your whole day in advance. Yes. And shame on them. But at the same time, they're paying me a couple hundred bucks for a service that I charge a certain fee because they have that unlimited access to me. So it's like, what else am I supposed to do? Ignore them? No. Yeah. It's different with your, if you're, if you know you're no matter what business you're in as a small business owner Mm -hmm. you're in you're you're in um you're in client relations yeah like so you have to you there's times you have to be all on i also i also know that there's also setting your precedence of these are protected hours protected hours these are my shutdown hours like you know could you tell to your clients that like you get me from monday through saturday but not on sunday or since everybody probably meal preps on sunday like no no texting on monday Monday. i don't yeah no that's actually a great suggestion yeah so um just setting setting that uh, ahead of time is is it's so much easier to go to move forward through contracts and negotiations with individuals if you have that conversation before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then so, after yeah. the fact and yeah. be like, hey, this is overwhelming me because then you go down the spiral of like, oh my God, they're going to think I'm an incompetent person and then why did yeah. they hire me? And yeah. yeah, that just breeds a lot of insecurity. So yeah, totally. I think that's a really good point. Um, and to move into like present day and the more personal piece of it, have you been in situations in relationships where that's been an issue for you? You know, how do you deal with that? And it's, it's, it's a challenge for me. The, the, in all honesty, the biggest thing, the biggest challenge for me from a social media standpoint is the amount of, um, um, social media and friendships standpoint Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. my significant others is the amount of uh, females that I am close friends with both in the fitness industry and, uh, and in um, the line of work that I do, um, so that's always been a struggle. And yes, I've always I've always had um, had to struggle with um, with the put your phone down. Can you stop with the laptop? Can you do all those kind of things? And it's it's it is a little bit of a challenge. You got to get ahead of it. Um, yeah. You know, I I would say that I uh, didn't have the conversations early enough in my relationships mm-hmm. um, the last uh, couple times, and so it's kind of uh, come up as a as a tension point. And so moving forward as a learning, uh, as a learning curve to, uh, the next serious relationship, I'll definitely put that on the forefront. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge because I, I want to be that, um, even with, with 20,000 followers, I want to answer quickly. And I want, yeah. I want, I even get it. I'm not even, uh, I'm not even out of the micro influencer world. And I get people that say, Oh my God, you replied. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to be that I want to be that now when I have 20,000 I know that it will be harder. Gary V talks about this a lot and yes. I, I value the way that Gary V tries to respond to everything too. Like I want to have 
a larger platform and a larger amount of following. And I still want to be that to, to people. And so, um, I've, I've, leaned a lot really into, especially because I have to get on TikTok for no reason other than to find ideation for mm-hmm. not only myself, but also and my clients. get down a rabbit hole with a site I like get that? Down a, <laughs> get down a rabbit hole. So time blocking has been massive. Um, if you don't know what uh, Pomodoro uh, timer is, for those of you in, in business, uh, just go to marinaratimer.com. The prem- nice. It's hilarious. Love the name. It actually comes from the tomato timer that your mom used to have oh, uh, for yeah, cooking. Yeah. So yeah, so go to marinaratimer.com. And what you can do is you can do 25 minutes in the premises uninterrupted work, work for 25 minutes. No text messages, no emails. Like if you're like, the only thing I'm doing is researching hashtags, mm-hmm. do it for 25 minutes. When the dinger goes off, take a deep breath, check your phone, go to the bathroom, get, but after five minutes, you're back on for another okay. 25. And so pick, uh, I used to call them at my other job, palms, like, uh, nice. so palm one yeah. is emails. Palm two is leads. Palm three is, uh, emailing the leads. Palm four is lunch. Like, so time blocking is, is massive, especially when you can get down a rabbit hole. And like you just said, what, what was the last thing you suggested there that you palmed? Lunch. So it's not limited to the work. It's it's also the break yeah. and scheduling your workouts. Like yeah. this has been something I've had a really hard time with and I've had to be honest about it because I'm doing a 30-day challenge uh, in honor of um, – basically like a substitute for St. Jude can't have their winter winter gala this year. And so I'm participating in a 30 day challenge with, um, a company called Sabre real estate and this guy, Jason Siano, who's a big player in, um, the real estate world, specifically in retail and even more niche fitness. And he came up with this concept that's based on, have you heard of uh, 75 day hard yep. by Andy Frisella? So we're doing a mini version of that for cool. 30 days. And I'm not going to lie. I thought the easiest one would be doing my workouts. I've had to start over five times. Yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to do time management not only for business but for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking about just exactly what you're talking about. I don't have enough time for a workout today, so I just gotta, I just gotta take Get your that steps one. in when I, you can. Yeah, I just gotta take that one on the chin. But I'm waking up tomorrow morning to do Track Tuesday, so already uh, scheduled. There yeah, you go. So. And you probably, I know what Track Tuesday is. So for the, our listeners that don't. What's helping you with that? You have a team that's going to keep you accountable and make sure you show up. Yeah, totally. So. Cool. Well, I think that's a perfect place for us to wrap this up. I so appreciate your time. Super fascinating. At the end of all of my podcasts, I like to do a little quick like Russian roulette, like fast lightning round of a couple different questions. Um, They could be totally random. So they might have nothing to do with what we talked about today. And I I just want you to tell me like the first thing that pops into your head. So you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite sports team. Ooh. That's hard. I, I mean, they're equally like all sports teams okay. I've worked for. Okay. Sorry. So that's like, so, so Hornet, okay. Hornets, Pelicans, yeah. Timberwolves. Favorite sport to watch? Favorite sport to watch? I would probably say NBA okay. because I know all the players. I mean, I, college football and college basketball is a close second, but I don't know. I mean, besides like people like Trevor Lawrence and a couple other players, like I, I you know, um, I'm just getting busier and busier and farther removed from those players. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that everybody will say like they don't play defense and they don't do this. They don't try until playoffs. <laughs> you can say all that shit. They're still high, high performing athletes um, and you know, I think that I also work for the best, uh, the best professional sport out there because NBA is crushing it. What they did in the bubble this year was amazing. So it shout has out been to very everybody. Cool. Very cool. Um, favorite TikTok you've done? I don't know. 
put a time limit on it because you've done so many, maybe in the past like three weeks. Oh gosh. You said favorite TikTok and I instantly went to, it wasn't three weeks ago, okay. it was this summer. I did an entire scene from Mrs. Doubtfire. That one was so good. And I had trouble finding it a couple weeks ago and I wanted to show it to a friend. I scrolled way back. Oh God, you got to go way back. I did. Yeah, I did. Um, when, when Robin Williams is on the, on the interview and he's like, I do voices and he does <laughs> like 17 voices, but I had to scrub back the, the TikTok. I took, the reason I say that is a lot of people enjoyed it. And when people say like, how long do these like dances take you? And I'm like, well, the dances take me like 30 minutes. So like, all right, well, what's the longest TikTok ever? And I'm like yeah, an hour that was and a half. Be my next question. An hour and a half for wow. that. So record and edit or just edit? Record and edit. Wow. Because That's I have a to long say for I have what? To, like 15 seconds. I have to deliver the, no, that was a, that was a long one. Okay. That was a minute. Okay. But I, you know, you have to, it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, but it was fun best advice for somebody who's starting to dabble in tiktok best follow follow the trends okay get yourself a ring light if you're really serious hell yeah um natural sunlight is everything Mm -hmm. if you find the top 15 tiktokers there most of them live in la so it's always sunny there but like (laughs) i when I analyze why one of my videos goes viral, it always points back. Some of them, it points back to lighting. Some of them points back to the sound that mm-hmm. I always look at the sound. If you understand TikTok, you'll know what I'm saying. So if the sound is about to take off or you think it's about to take off and only like 500 to a thousand people have done it, you can ride the wave of being okay. one of the huh. early people that do it. So if I ever see a new trend, you see something on your FYP more than three, four or five times, and it doesn't even matter. That's the other thing too, that I want everybody to know on here. It's not just a, it's not just an app for, for kids to dance mm-hmm. to. There's it's, so much more there's to it. There's so much more. There's fitness tiktok there's small business tiktok there's some of gay the recipe TikTok, ones i've seen food are amazing TikTok. yeah yeah there's every the app is so massive that the alg and the algorithm serves you what you want to see because it it follows you along so much so if you like to dance you're gonna get nothing but dancers if you like to cook you're gonna get nothing but food makes sense and so you can just because it's a top sound that people are dancing to a lot doesn't mean that you can't do a video with your small business to that same sound and ride that wave to make you relevant yep okay last one where is aaron dodge going to be in a year there's a two-parter professionally because you told me you're going to listen to this in a year from now sure what are we manifesting and then second piece of that um maybe like personally you can i'm leaving that open end i hope that in the year i've made the leap to move to LA. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm sad, but excited. It's a very new thought in my brain. And I, I, I really want to manifest it. Okay. Um, and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that puts everything in storage and a buddy just lets me kick it on his couch for three months. Cause I'll do that too. But like, I want to, I want to try to see what kind of connections I can make. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to it's going to go all in and try to be like an actor in LA. Sure. I'm, I don't, I don't, I just, I feel like I, in the influencer space, in the content space, in the big, loud, boisterous kind of personality that I have, mm-hmm. that it translates more so to LA than it does to Charlotte. And I'm not saying that it, that I can't live in Charlotte no, for the no, rest no. of my life, but the first kind of person that I am, it more towards 
LA. So I feel that for you. I love that for you. Aaron, thank you so much. I was so honored, thrilled, happy, elated, excited, all the things to have you on today. And I really appreciate your time. And I am looking forward to sharing this with you when it drops. So hope everyone has a great rest of your day. If you liked this podcast enough, please share it. We want to spread the word. And if you need someone, shameless plug on Aaron's behalf, he is your go-to guy for all things TikTok and just social media in general, all around great person, a wonderful listener. And he is just someone you If you need a laugh and you're feeling down, just head to my page. That's all I got to say. Yes. Amen. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. You too.